My Podcast for single women considering solo motherhood by donor conception. I'm your host, solo mum and life coach Mel Johnson, and every week I'll be asking my guests their view on dating, relationships, societal pressure, and how to make the final decision that solo motherhood is the right path for you. Today's guest is Jean-Vierre Roberts, the author of Going Solo, My Choice to Become a Single Mother Using a Donor. She's worked as a journalist for national newspapers for the past 15 years and lives by the sea in Sussex with her two children. Jean-Vierre, thank you so much for joining me today to chat on this podcast. Such a pleasure. I know that you have shared your story about becoming a solo mum to now two gorgeous children. So I don't want to focus on that bit too much, but I want to take us right back to the beginning about making that decision. But I suppose before we do go back there, do you just want to give a bit of an introduction about, you know, who you are and, and where you are at the moment? Um, yeah, my name is Jean-Vierre Robert. I became a solo mum when I was 37 um, or maybe I became pregnant when I was 37. Um, I now have two children. We live in Sussex by the coast so um, our lives have changed quite a lot, moved out of London um, and it's the best decision I ever made. Oh excellent. Um, So I suppose what I'm interested in is sort of what led you to make that decision. So you said I always get confused on the ages as well of like the age of (laughs) getting pregnant, the age of having a baby, the age of deciding to start the journey. But um, where sort of where did it all start for you when you started deciding this could be an option? Well I think it probably almost even goes back before then. I think the first thing was that I grew up just, I just always assumed I'd have a child. I know some people just really don't think of it or, or it comes to them suddenly in their thirties that they perhaps like children. I'd just always taken that really for granted. Even when I was 18, I was sure I would have children. So I, that was always kind of the tapestry of my life that somewhere in there, I, I would definitely have children. Um, and I'd been married briefly and got divorced at 30 because I really couldn't imagine having children with that person, um, which, you know, you could argue was perhaps something I should have thought about before getting married. But anyway, um, good to make a mistake and learn from it. Absolutely. Um, and in my mid 30s, I was dating someone um, who I'd known from when I was younger and I got pregnant. And it wasn't, our relationship wasn't really in the right place. We weren't planning a child or anything of that sort. But we both decided that we didn't want to get rid of the child. I remember saying quite clearly, I'm very happy to do this sort of as co-parents or I'm happy, um, you know, I wasn't especially expecting the relationship to last. Although, in fact, once we'd both decided that if anything we got closer and um and it did seem like our relationship was getting stronger and I had a miscarriage and I found that really devastating it doesn't take long I was 11 weeks pregnant it doesn't take long before your imagined future you feel quite bereft without it as well as the kind of physical miscarrying which isn't is is horrible in itself Um, it was sad in the present but there was also a a sort of future sadness that something was really lost and that relationship broke up really really quickly after that which I also found really really sad Um, 
but as as a kind of I think a year a year and a half had passed I I got over the relationship but I still felt really strongly this sense I think partly because it wasn't a planned pregnancy I'd thought really carefully and it I thought about all the sacrifices I'd made as well as the um you know plus points but it was that thing of seeing my neighbours who were, were up at seven every morning, um, taking their, ferrying their children off to something, including at the weekends, whereas I had this luxury of time to myself. But looking at what they had and thinking, I, I'm, happy, I'm ready to trade all that. I'm so ready for it. And I think it must have just been sort of seeds in my head at that point and almost not something that I would have been able to articulate and not not a conscious thing but I I felt really strongly that I I wasn't I I was in some sort of half mother state where I'd I'd made that decision and I'd, I'd been pregnant but I didn't have a baby and I didn't I wasn't watching a child grow up and um I had my, I, or I'd always presumed I'd have children sort of fairly conventionally meet someone um, and then, you know, a child would be a product of a loving relationship. But I had my fertility tested because that, I wanted the reassurance. I was getting to the age where I think it's wise to know where your fertility is um, and like so many other people I had my fertility tested and it really surprised me that it came out so so low um, but it totally made me think it brought everything into a very sharp focus and within a few weeks of getting that result I decided I was going to try and have a child on my own um, it it felt like if I at that point waited to meet a partner which is you know loving relationships are really important to me I would I'd be sacrificing potentially having children and actually I knew from my responses over those past couple of years how important it was to me to to at least try to have children so um yeah actually the actual bit of making the decision was then very very simple because it would have been much much harder not to try to have a child than to than to try and and I told myself that if if it wasn't meant to happen it, it wouldn't happen and I don't know and I'll never know thankfully whether I would have taken that you know whether I'd have been okay with that or not but the idea of just not trying felt like something that I, I wasn't happy to let pass me by this lifetime. I think it's um it's a really common theme actually from the people I've been chatting to that one of the things that's helped them make the decision is the fertility test. So if so, I think it's good advice for people if you if you haven't and you're in this period of considering is to have um, the fertility MOT they call them in the clinics or the home tests. Um, so that you can at least get an indication. I mean, I know it's not um, an exact science and it's not a guarantee, but it, yeah. what it does tell you is if there's something that potentially could be an issue. Yes, um, yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because I think maybe a year or so after I had that, they actually um, found out that those, those fertility MOTs really aren't um, the AMH levels. Only They only really should be looking at them if you've got 
fertility problems and actually looking at them in someone who hasn't got a history of fertility problems maybe isn't indicating everything I'm really glad mine came out saying low fertility I think the danger of them is if yours comes out going actually it's fine you put something off for a while and I'm so glad that wasn't the case with me and it lulls you almost into a false sense of security because it is it they're really good for sharpening your mind onto the issue but I would hate to think that there would be anyone who gets one of those results thinks they've got a bit of time in the bank and then at the in at the end you know has unsuccessful IVF and feels like hold on if if I hadn't had that result so it's it's hard isn't it so for me it really worked out because it came out as a really low as a really low result um I'd be more concerned for people who almost come out with a high result that's and, true and they and they just feel oh well it'll be fine for me and I think that's the thing with fertility I mean they're a good they're a good guide aren't they but um with fertility almost until you try you never know I mean you could be 25 fit and healthy and you still got no idea whether you're going to be able to have children really so it's there's just so much we don't know about the subject and um and I think in years to come and I think you know people who've been working in the fertility field for 30 years are still like why haven't we managed to make this so everyone can have babies if they want so it must be very frustrating but still we're we're in such a different place than we were even a decade or two decades ago it's it is amazing how quickly it's changing true and what what I've learned is that the AMH um is a count of how many eggs you've got left but there's no measure of the quality of those eggs until you start the actual process and I think that's the key problem that 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 makes it still quite unknown but you can identify if you have any specific issues you can't really say the opposite side that everything's fine until you try yes yeah Yeah. so so you went for um the test and then you made the decision so had you were you dating anyone in the middle of that period or did you almost just go from um splitting up to then trying on your own i had I'd had a fling with someone that was very nice and I'd been on a few dates with someone who I'd dated before. Um, I'd had a couple of flirtations, but nothing really serious, nothing that was that I'd thought, oh, this could be someone who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Um, I, d- I had lots of crushes at the time. I remember I'd always have a crush on the go and just at the moment I don't tend to have that much time (laughs) but you know in the future I'm sure I will um but yeah no one who was ready to sort of settle down as well so they were very much that kind of like oh this is a nice distraction but it wasn't it wasn't with people who were in a place a headspace where they were looking for commitment or anything of that sort so I don't think I'd ever I don't think there'd been someone who'd come along where I'd been like, oh, this could be the next big deal in my life. Yeah. And do you, did you feel, do you think it was harder dating at that time, knowing you were very clearly wanted to have um, a baby? Yeah, I do. I think there's something 
really interesting about dating in your 30s compared to when you're much younger. I was a real serial monogamist, sort of from 16 to 30. I was never without a boyfriend. Um, and in those ages, there are lots of people around who are also serial monogamous or who, who like being in relationships. And I think once you're into your 30s, a lot of those people who've got the same sort of mindset as I have um, are starting to get married or, or to be with their long-term partner. And they're kind of like, okay, I'm done with this now. And the people who aren't quite often aren't. I mean, that's not what they're looking for. And this was what I found in my 30s was that people enjoyed dating for the sake of dating. Whereas I enjoyed dating because it was a lead up to a relationship. I actually, those first few dates, I'd much rather be in a long-term relationship than the dating for its own sake. But I ran up to lots of people who were very, very nice, but just they liked it as a thing in itself. And that's a really different mindset. And those people necessarily, there are fewer of them around yeah. as you get older who've got the similar mindset to me because we, we're the type of people who aren't scared by a long-term relationship. So the, ones, the people who are scared by relationships are all still dating. So you're just the proportion of them who you're likely to meet yeah. up with um, gets, gets a lot higher. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just a the way it goes I guess and particularly in places like London and I don't know what it's like in Sussex because I haven't haven't dated here but in London you do get people who really like the idea of settling down feels too um almost suburban for them and that is just not something they aspire to they don't see a, a monogamous loving relationship as something that they're hoping for or maybe they are going to I I tend to date people my own age um and it, it could be an age thing as well um for some just for some people and and I'm sure you know in a few years maybe they will or or maybe they are now but but certainly at that particular age um and I th I think absolutely I think the fact that I wanted children isn't helpful in the case of dating I, and I'm I'm really really glad that things have turned out the way they were if I look back um on the people who uh, and who I kind of went on dates with there are certainly a couple of them who I think my attraction to them was that it seemed like they needed almost a bit of mothering or maybe they were looking for but it wasn't a very equal dynamic and I'd never had that when I was younger and I didn't there certainly were other people who who really seemed very competent and, and I wouldn't like to take anything away from them but there were a few where it was like oh, you just don't seem to have quite got it together and just and I wonder whether that was the maternal instinct in me was at that point quite strong and I had nowhere to be channeled. And the idea of settling down with someone like that, you know, I, to have a partner who's a child mm -hmm. would be horrendous once you've got a child. It's only if you don't have a child that it's kind of bearable. But if you've got a child and you're, you're wanting a partner, you're not wanting someone else to look after. Um, and I think it does add incredible stress to a relationship if you find yourself in in a relationship like that and then have children because all of a sudden unless the dynamics shift quite 
quite quickly I think you can find it very hard and and suddenly you've fulfilled that need in you and you're not looking for that in an equal you're wanting someone who's going to help out and pull their weight a little bit it's so true and when you were in it were you ever tempted because you thought well the guy might not be a hundred percent right but you know I want a child and maybe we could make it work or were you always quite clear actually I'd rather do it on my own than with the wrong person well the people that I was dating it certainly wasn't it wasn't close enough to even think about that I mean it wasn't like I was at a position of having a chat about having children with them um having had a relationship that had felt so you know almost so right and then so wrong with someone sort of telling me how much they'd fallen in love with me and asking to move in and saying they do want to do this as a kind of traditional setup and then you know I mean it was sort of it was very very swift after I'd miscarried that it had all fallen apart I really felt like I would want something based on some sort of security not as much for me but as much for the child I think it's really important for a child and there's so much evidence now that that security is so important to children that um it didn't feel for me the right way um you know I'd been burnt by a relationship where I'd chosen to divorce I'd felt a bit burnt by a relationship where someone had had left so swiftly I really wanted to get it right yeah um it it felt like also as one of I remember one of my friends saying to me well you've waited this long don't settle now you know it's not like I was scared of being on my own um and I felt very strongly that if I was going to have a relationship with someone I didn't want to kind of get pregnant within the first six months at which point you're waiting a year or two years and once I'd got that fertility result a kind of two-year time frame even if I'd met the person in my dreams you know in the next five minutes was going to start being very very risky um and now I kind of love it because I feel like it's probably a good filter. I still, you know, I'm still a romantic at heart. I'm sure I'll meet someone at some point. But if they are so kind of inflexible in their idea of what life is and what family is, that I'm not attractive to them, or the fact that I have children isn't attractive to them, then it probably makes things a lot better. Um, it's, it saves us loads of time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a good way of making sure people are quite open-minded. I'm really lucky where I live. I, you know, Brighton is famously open-minded. Um, and, and so I don't think anyone would even raise an eyebrow, but it at least filters out that kind of um, old school mentality um, because, because I think life always throws people curveballs. And if people aren't, haven't got sort of a little bit of strength um, and they expect things to be done very much a certain way, then that's, that's probably not someone who I'd be a very good fit with. 
I, I totally agree. And I always try to reassure people because I think some women worry that if they make the decision to have a child on their own, that they'll never meet anyone because nobody will then want to date them. And that's not the experience I've had at all. In fact, the kind of people I want to date are the people who say, wow, I love that decision. It's amazing. You sound like a really strong woman who knows what she wants. And, yeah. and you know, that is the sort of people we we want to date probably yeah absolutely which then kind of saves you a lot of time doesn't it because otherwise you can end up going on dates and being like oh my gosh I hadn't realized your your reactions were quite like this and and then that doesn't yeah I, I I'm totally with you I think it's a really good um it's quite a good thing to kind of throw up almost right at the beginning um because it just yeah it just saves so much kind of yeah false false dating it's it's sort of it's laying your cards a bit on the table it's like that um tv show first dates where you watch it and you're like oh my gosh you've told them like your deepest innermost thoughts on your first date why have my first dates been so kind of official in comparison whereas you're crying over your the death of someone or you know there's always like a big narrative story but in a way what we've chosen to do is is there it's you know it's our children and so by having that there it's it's not kind of you know sharing some deep dark secret it's it's the thing that we're proudest of but it's right there and it's it's a really good filter in a sense yeah I think that's the best summary it's a really great filter for then meeting the a right a compatible person um so basically you said um that you found it then relatively easy to make the decision once you'd made it did you have to go through any process of um almost letting go of the idea of doing it um, in a more traditional way with a partner or, or did you find that relatively easy to deal with? I suspect compared to some people I found it easier. Um, I think I just went for it with such enthusiasm. I mean, you know, there was no way I was going to, if I was going to do this, I was going to do it and be proud of it. I mean, I've written a book about it. I wasn't going to... I think perhaps it's really hard if you're if you if you're kind of like oh I'm doing this but oh I don't know whether I want to tell people and almost by just I was just kind of almost quite black and white about it and and I appreciate that the level of nuance with a lot of people is is really important to them but by being like okay I'm doing this I'm going to be really proud of it um it took it took that that kind of hardness away from it in a sense because it was it was what I was doing I also felt incredibly buoyed up by friends so I I mean I must have been very worried at first when I was starting to tell people this was what I had decided I was going to try to do but people's reactions were amazing and that counted for so much and all of a sudden I felt I felt really I felt the love from so many people and I felt a bit of relief from them and that it really really helped um I'm sure there's a bit of me even now you know that would love to have a partner sometimes and and would love for my children to have a dad more more than that would you know there is a little bit of me that I want to give my children everything. So of course I want to give them a dad, you know, it would have been, it would have been wonderful to have done it that way. 
but equally I'm so pleased that they're here I love them more than anything they have family and godparents and my friends who love them more than anything we're quite sociable they have a life that is filled with love and it's certainly a lot better than sort of being in an unhappy relationship and then having that experience which which is miserable all around and children do pick up on that and I think I mean, I always say, I just think as long as people's lives are filled with love, it doesn't matter who from. And that feels like quite an old fashioned view to be like, oh, it must be, you know, from a mum and a dad or a mum and a mum. And, you know, grandparents can be really important. Friends can be really important. For some people, co-parents can be really important. It doesn't have to be in that traditional setup. And what I like now is that I'm free to meet someone where it, there's no sense of rush. I can meet someone entirely because I love them um, and be with them for that reason. I'm not looking for them to help me make children because I'm done um if they've got children great if they haven't then great you know just all those sorts of things become far less of something to navigate and and it's not you know done as much as I wouldn't try to meet someone you know hoping to have a child in that way consciously I wonder whether it was there subconsciously because it was something that I dreamt of doing so it would have been very hard to divorce those two things whereas now it's I think it means I can really pick someone who's who's really right yeah so I, I feel like it's a a good conclusion yeah I've also wondered that about myself whether there was something on a subconscious level as much as I thought it wasn't in hindsight I wonder whether I I was also thinking the same um I want to pick up on something you said about um feeling proud I think this is the the biggest thing that I um work with all of my coaching clients on who are still in this bit of struggling to come to terms with it if you can figure out how to feel proud of this decision and let go of the idea that of how you thought you might be doing something in a partner and embracing the idea of doing it on your own and feeling proud of that I feel like that's the biggest game changer in this space because then you sort of tackle everything um you know with a different mindset and you mentioned that you um have written a book on this so going solo um i've read it i loved it and i think it's given a lot of support to people because they've as they've you know read it they can they're like yes i'm in this position and it's a really brilliant mix of your story but also speaking to different people different experts and different people's views on it so what sort of led you up to, to writing a book about it um i was i mean i'm a writer by trade anyway so um i love writing features um, on other people. I love people's stories. I've always been endlessly interested by interviewing people and that's why there's probably quite a few interviews in the book. I think I felt like if I was going to do this, not only was I really happy to share what had happened to me and it's still, you know, a fairly unusual path and I suspect a fairly unusual path. I think you'd have, if you'd met me in my twenties, you'd have put money on me settling down, having children quite soon. I don't think you'd have kind of been like, Oh, she's, you know, 
planning to do something different there was no rejection of society's norms I was you know quite up for fitting in with them um, and so I, I wanted to I wanted to tell that story I think I mean at heart, it's a love letter to my children. Um, it only goes up to when I was trying to make Zabby, but to my daughter Astrid, it's, I mean, it, it really is. And I, I hope that when they're grown up, they'll read a copy and they'll understand how much love went in that was such an active and meaningful decision to decide to have them. Um, but it was fascinating for me to get to research the kind of the outcomes so one of my worries was actually are children from a single parent family are they likely to do less well you know that that felt like a a real worry am i bringing someone into the world who doesn't isn't going to have the same chances and and i learned from the researchers in cambridge that that just isn't the case and actually it's divorce it's not as long as you have the stability all the way through um it was great to speak to other parents but also to donors because you rarely hear their side of things and to adults who'd who who were conceived by sperm donor many years ago um so kind of that first wave of women who who did this um you know 25 30 years ago when it, the society was really different and there was a huge stigma attached to it. And I find that, I know there's some groups now um, of people who, who are, um, who've been conceived by sperm donor and some of them are quite angry about it. And I suspect a lot of their anger is about their past being hidden from them in the same way as people who are adopted and that's hidden from them have some really um, legitimate anger over it um, with both groups and it was really great for me to talk to people who actually their relationship with her mums was incredible all of them and their their gratitude to their mums and I actually think they sounded closer than the most people I know who've who've grown up in more conventional uh, parenting models and it was it was really great to hear that and to get their advice. I remember saying like, oh, is there anything? And, and what came out just over and over. And I think it maybe goes back to what you're saying about that, that pride. You know, I'm proud to tell my daughter, my son's just hit one. So he, he hasn't really got any words yet. But I'm really proud to tell my daughter how she came about and how much I wanted her. And we read books about it and I tell her stories about it. And um yeah I want her to feel that same same pride that I do of just how much she was wanted to come into this world and and that's what these women and men all seem to know they really knew that and and I think that's why even if you're a very private person it's really important to have that mindset where this is a decision that I think it's really important to to feel um, you know confident of your decision that doesn't mean you have to shout it from the rooftops like I do at all um, and I appreciate that some people are just very private and discreet but I think it's really important to be very open with your with your child about it because I think otherwise they're going to pick up a sense that you weren't quite comfortable with it yourself and if you're not quite comfortable with that decision they might end up not feeling quite comfortable with themselves and that that would be a real shame 
yeah and I think that's what I mean about getting to the pride because it's having pride in the decision yourself it's then having pride in telling other people and then ultimately for your future child so um yeah it's so true I think for anybody at the beginning stages of considering if this is for them I think reading going solo is um can be really helpful just to think through some of the different elements of it as well as hearing your story and hearing what you went through so um so I definitely recommend that for anybody who is thinking about it themselves um and then um sort of finally where do you see this all heading what do you think is going to happen in the future do you see less and less people meeting someone and 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 doing this on their own And, and what do you think of that I I don't think I still think people are going to grow up wanting to meet a partner I don't think there are that many people kind of incredibly radical um but I also think there will be fewer people settling. And I think that's it. I think it's that kind of panic that some people feel when they're 30 or 40, that they suddenly really want to settle down and they'll just meet anyone. I have no doubt I could have met someone and settled down. And maybe 20 years ago, that would have been what people had done. And I feel really lucky that we're the generation where actually there's another choice. I think in another 20 years, the idea of settling down with someone who you don't like will feel a bit weirdly old fashioned. It won't be at the moment. There's probably a mix in all honesty. And I'm not suggesting that anyone's doing it consciously, but I think people will be far more aware of those kind of hidden um, the, the drivers, you know, even hormonal drivers, you know, I think that, that that the idea of being with people I mean even in 2020 you have that slight like when you hear about people having multiple affairs but staying with 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 someone and you're like really have you are you still doing that like why would you have that old-fashioned you're so concerned by what things look like on the surface and your reality just does tells a really different story and I'd like to hope that 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 kind of thing that kind of leads to just that slow unhappiness um just people shake that off and I don't think that's going to mean loads and loads of people have children differently necessarily I think hopefully we'll get to a point where people are just really become really honest with themselves Um, and I think that that will show in that people who haven't met someone will probably feel very happy having children on their own and I think once we get to that point of feeling happy with having children on your own it becomes a really lovely choice like either you do it this way or you do it that way but there's no stigma attached to one of those there's no sense of one of them being right and one of them being a fallback and I think ultimately for for women that gives us a lot more freedom and it means that relationships become more empowering um so I think it's a really positive thing. I think knowing that you have choice is always really important. And I think that there is just some women who in their 30s feel like they don't have a choice. And that is never a good basis for a relationship. So I think it's wonderful that there's now, even if it's not for someone, I think knowing that they have choices is just really important to consider. And that there's another really positive thing out there. and knowing those there are alternatives if you have 
if you have choice you have freedom and that's that's a really important thing for all of us I, I really love that way of thinking about it as well that there's two options and neither is right or wrong and there's not a stigma um, and I also think maybe it will help take the pressure off knowing that you've got different options so that you're not so pressurized into going down the one route absolutely which ultimately might mean that actually you're more likely to meet exactly because, you, because it's not a oh my gosh i've got to do this there's no time limit on meeting someone so perhaps then you're in a better mindset to meet someone who's right for you rather than who's going to fulfill a criteria of helping you not just be a partner but but you know to have a family so true Oh, so thank you so much for having a chat with me, um, Jean-Pierre. I think it's so nice for people to hear the stories of people who've done this and speak so positively and are so happy um, with the choice and the, and the outcome. So um, really great to hear from you. Thank you so much. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Stalk and I podcast, I'd hugely appreciate if you rate, review and subscribe. I look forward to seeing you again next week.